Buenos dias y bienvenidos. Good morning and welcome once again to this very special edition of Tiempo. I'm Joe Torres and we're outside the Ambassador Theater, home to the longest running American musical in Broadway history. Chicago, of course, one of the many musicals that Cheetah Rivera had a starring role. The legendary singer, dancer and actress died last week here in New York at the age of 91. It was back in 1975 when she originated the role of Velma Kelly in the original Broadway production of Chicago. She earned a Tony nomination for her performance, and throughout her illustrious career, she picked up nine more Tony nominations. Entertainment reporter Sandy Kenyon takes a look back at the extraordinary life of a groundbreaking performer. You can like the life you're living. Cheetah Rivera didn't just like living her life, she loved it. I got a lot of living to do. I still have stories to tell. I still have energy to give. We talked in 2017 in the intimate cafe at the Carlisle Hotel. You are so intimate. You are so exposed. And what you want exposed is honesty. Her career spanned an astonishing seven decades, and yet... I get nervous. And, and pray to God, I say a prayer every single night. Please let me say the right words. Let me give the complete, all of the gift that you've given me, dear God. Let me give it back. She was born Dolores Conchita Figueroa del Rivero and broke barriers on Broadway in West Side Story, becoming a role model for generations of Hispanic women. I like to be in America, okay by me in America. Starting with Bye Bye Birdie, there were so many iconic roles, as Velma in Chicago and dual parts in Kiss of the Spider Woman. The governor of Puerto Rico came to see my show and said to me, we are very proud of you. We are very proud of six words, and that was all I needed. She was the first Hispanic American to be recognized at the Kennedy Center Honors and earned the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama in 2009. This was all the more significant for her because Rivera grew up in D.C. and used to play near the White House as a child. I felt, okay, I must be doing something right here. Right, Mom? <laughs> and this voice said, yes, dear. <laughs> of course, for so many Latinos here in New York and across the country, Chita Rivera was much more than just a singer and dancer and actress. She was a pioneer who broke barriers for legions of Hispanics who dreamed of one day performing on the Great White Way. Another West Side Story star and Latina legend Rita Moreno said this, over the years, we were sometimes mistaken for each other, which I always viewed as a badge of honor. She was the essence of Broadway. As I write this, I'm raising a glass to this remarkable woman and friend, Chita, amiga, salud. From fellow Tony Award winner, Kristen Chenoweth, Chita, there was only one you, then everyone else. I looked up to you and always will admire you as a talent and mostly as a person, a kick butt woman you were. All the rest of us just want to be you. Rest in peace, Chita. The dancers and performers at Revolución Latina know all about the inspirational force of Chita Rivera. Luis Salgado is the founder and artistic director of the organization, a Puerto Rican performer who starred in the Broadway musical On Your Feet, the story of Gloria and Emilio Estefan. We talked to him about Chita Rivera's long-lasting impact on him 
and so many others. I think of her as a star, and, and I think her legacy needs to be recognized as that. However, I come from a background of where dance was looked down upon, mm -hmm. and I think she uplifted the reality and the representation of a dancer and, and said that we have no limitations. Why do you dance is the question, you know, and I think in Chita we can see somebody that dances because she loves it. I'm sorry for the effort, but you know, like there's no, there's, it's not about the perfection only, although she was in her prime excellent, you know, but once she came forward in age, it was about, there's something beyond um, the execution of a kick, the execution of a pirouette, and there's something in my heart that I need to whoom, blast into the entire audience, and she has the capacity to do that, and I think that that's what I want to learn more about every day of my life. People did not have words to sort of comment on how powerful, passionate, vibrant her presence on stage was. Even at the age of 70-something when I saw her on Broadway, she was still kicking and you would still be like, how is she doing that? And she took that power and transformed it to the singing and to the acting and became roles and became characters. I think we in our cultural heritage have so much diversity that makes us different, makes us powerful in our stage presence. Um, but then you mold it. And I think that the, 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 the word that we should give her is discipline. The discipline she had to mold herself beyond the boundaries of her body shaking and into the technicality she needed to sing, to act, to dance, to be a real triple threat. There are shoulders we stand upon. Raul Julia, Chita Rivera, are big shoulders that we have to stand upon. If I don't know if it wasn't for people like them, the way that the doors have opened today to Ali Manuel Miranda, to a Sergio Trujillo, to a Maria Torres, to myself would be as, as wide if, if they would not be there before. Me, even Miriam Colón, I add her to that list. Stay with us when we come back more on the life of Boricua trailblazer and Latina legend Chita Rivera. And still ahead on Tiempo, a new pilot program to train asylum seekers in the culinary arts. The program offers hands-on training and helps migrants get work permits and place them into jobs. The details, straight ahead. She was a force of nature yeah and she showed so many of us what was possible especially for dancers like mm. she broke barriers she because she was i am and we all miss her a great deal but we work very hard to make keep her legacy alive and do it very well that was ariana debose last week on live with kelly and mark you might remember the latina actress won the oscar for her performance in Steven Spielberg's film adaptation of West Side Story. She played the role of Anita, the very same role that Cheetah Rivera played on Broadway decades earlier. Welcome back to this very special edition of Tiempo. I'm Joe Torres. We're live outside the Ambassador Theater, home to the longest running American musical in Broadway history. That show, Chicago, one of the many shows in which Cheetah Rivera had a starring role. The legendary singer, actress, and dancer died here in New York City last week at the age of 91. She was born Dolores Conchita Figueroa del Rivero until she decided to shorten her name. Author Patrick Pacheco literally wrote the book on the Broadway legend's life and legacy. It's called Chita, a memoir. She wrote this for two reasons. Uh, she, first of all, she resisted writing her memoir. Her, she thought, well, who would be interested? A lot of people, I hope, and I, and I know. But she wrote it because she thought the kids today 
need to know their history. They have to know their history. They have to know whose shoulders they are standing on in the way that I knew what soldiers' shoulders I was standing on. So she really wanted to convey whatever she had learned, which was largely tenacity, talent, discipline. More than anything else, she was disciplined. Cheetah just always thought she was just one of the gang in many respects until she was in Kiss of the Spider Woman. And she told me in our, during our collaboration, she said, I never felt like a star until I won my second Tony Award. The first one was for The Rink. The second one was for Kiss of the Spider Woman. I never felt like I had achieved stardom until then. I think she always thought of herself as a dancer because that's where she started. She started in the ballet. She started taking classes at Doris Jones Ballet School in Washington, D.C., where she grew up. And she came up through that, won a scholarship to uh, uh, New York City Ballet and George Balanchine. And uh, so that was her discipline. That's where she always knew where she had received the training that would hold her in very good stead as she went forward. She connected to every lyric and acted every lyric. So that is why such great uh, composers like Cy Coleman and Kandrin Ebb uh, and Jerry Herman knew that she could deliver the goods because she was their best friend. She came up sort of through the method school of acting in a way and it was much too hoity-toity for her. Uh, but she learned and she was a sponge. She absorbed everything. And even when she was just in the chorus, she would stand in you know the wings and watch Elaine Stritch and Gwen Verdon and all these other greats that she was featured, uh, a featured actor in. And she absorbed everything. She studied everything. She so appreciated the awards that her peers uh, you know, gave to her, but she didn't live for the accolades. That was not why she was in it. So they always came as something of a surprise to her. She always thought they made a mistake when they called her up and said, you know, President Obama, Obama wants to present you with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She said, I think they're calling somebody else. Uh, but she always, she didn't live for awards. She lived for the work. She was the ultimate professional, that uh, she was a perfectionist, that like all great stars, um, the Julie Andrews, the Angela Lansbury's, the Gwen Verdon's, she knew on some fundamental level that she was hardworking, that she was talented, uh, that she was tenacious, but she knew that she was lucky. She knew that people, her peers, people that she grew up with through 70 years of a career, she knew that they were just as talented, maybe even more talented on some level, and they just didn't get the breaks. They fell through the cracks. She understood that. All great stars understand that. Our thanks to Patrick Pacheco for his insights on the life and legacy of Chita Rivera. Still ahead on Tiempo, we head back inside the studio to introduce you to a new pilot program to train asylum seekers in the culinary arts. It's a program that offers hands-on training and helps migrants get work. The details when we come back. A brand new pilot program to train asylum seekers in culinary arts. The program offers hands-on training and helps migrants get work permits and then place them in jobs. Here to tell us more about it, Eyewitness News reporter Lucy Yang. 
23-year-old Vicky Lopez graduated from law school in Nicaragua last year, but political unrest led her here to New York, where she is now learning how to dice red peppers. The opportunities that have been offered by this program make me feel like it's a good transition, like I'm ready to move on to the next step. Vicky is one of 10 migrants chosen for a new pilot program with CCAP, which stands for Careers Through Culinary Arts Program. For the next five weeks, these asylum seekers from Colombia, Ecuador, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela will be taught the basics of food prep and hospitality. In lesson one, they learned how to julienne vegetables and chiffonade basil. After their training, they'll be placed in high-end restaurants while another group begins. There is currently funding for 50 migrants. All must have work permits. They're going to get benefits that are amazing, um, good pay, and they're going to be in companies like Union Square Hospitality Group, which is an incredible company. If food is a universal language, these migrants are about to learn a new skill that could translate into a new career in this, their new country. Professionally, I don't cook. I have no doubt I'm going to do really well. In the last three decades, CCAP has taught more than 370,000 chefs. They work with teenagers, adults, those formerly incarcerated, and now migrants. Para los estudiantes, gracias. We're honored to have you here. Good luck in the weeks ahead. When we're done, we stand ready to help you connect to jobs. Thank you to this great state and to this great city. In Queens, Lucy Yang, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Joining us this morning, Tanya Steele. You just saw her in the story. She's the executive director of Careers Through Culinary Arts Program. Bienvenidos. That is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, that is I'm so, so, so good. I'm so proud of our students. That, that was day one. Oh, and that's this is the first group that yes, you've done this. It oh. is the first group. Group. But we've been doing this for 34 years. That's my next and we've question. Had 370,000 people go through the program. We have 22,000 kids, high school kids, go through. But now we're starting to work with the formerly incarcerated and asylum seekers. So, what other groups have you fine-tuned your program with before? Well, really. You know, high school seniors, high school seniors yeah. are a tough group. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to fine tune yeah, anything. My son's a high school teacher, okay, I know. So you know yes. 17 year olds, they, they hold you to account. So yes. Those are good people to, to really kind of get hone the program, and we've been doing it for over three decades. Tanya, the principle here seems to be you know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man a fish, he Amen. eats for a lifetime. Yep. And exactly. the same, is this the same thing, with, but with cooking? Exactly. So at CCAP, our whole mission is really using food as a tool to success. Mm -hmm. We have shown that, you know, just starting out as an entry-level cook, you can advance and be Marcus Samuelson, yes. who is our bo board co-chair, mm -hmm. an immigrant himself, as am I. We are very passionate about this project because we believe that food really provides a tool of upward mobility. So this course is a five-week commitment? Yes. Take it, take it a step further. How many hours a day? How many days per week? So it's five nights a week, four to nine, so it's five hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be learning uh, food sanitation and safety, hospitality, a little bit of a little bit of baking, okay. and a whole lot of basic culinary skills. And at the end of the program, what what, what, what do you get? What do you receive? So they are going to, all of them, take the New York City Food Handler Certification Exam, which it really is critical in order to get any kind of commercial 
you know, job in a commercial kitchen. Okay. So they have to pass that, which they will, because we're going to teach that to them. Mm -hmm. And then we are placing them in jobs. And we've already have an amazing inaugural employer who you heard, Union Square Hospitality Group has Union Square and Gramercy Tavern. Yes. Like, you can't get a better restaurant than Union Square Hospitality So Group. with that certificate and with that certification, you are qualified to do what at those establishments? Entry-level cooks. Okay. So um, we're going to place our people like Vicky. Mm -hmm. We're going to put them into these amazing uh, companies all across New York City. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be doing, you know, chiffonades and, yeah. and garlic and onions and making stocks and all that fun stuff. And in those scenarios, they will learn under the guidance of sous chefs and executive chefs exactly. that are there. Exactly. So, and then they will hopefully go up and up and up mm -hmm. and continue, continue to make this the most delicious, best food city in the world. And ballpark, what kind of income can they make in that entry level job? Uh, entry level in New York City can go anywhere from about 25 to about 50, depending on where you are, $50,000. So that's amazing because what it's doing is it's a win for New York City and New York State. We're taking yes. asylum seekers off payrolls and yep. government subsistence. We are providing jobs to um, these amazing new mm -hmm. New Yorkers, and we're helping the restaurant industry. And as you know, yep. Joe, going to any restaurant yes. since the pandemic, everyone is short-staffed. So we are really helping the restaurant industry as well. And I'll take it a step further. You're helping the economy exactly. of New York City. Absolutely. And you're helping countless families who these folks are going to take some of the income and send it back to mom right. and dad in Guatemala, in Honduras, exactly. in Ecuador. Exactly. So it's helping the economy here and it's helping the economy there, oh. which will help the border crisis. So I, for my vision, mm -hmm. it's a win-win-win all the way around. Okay. I've only got 10,000 more questions, so <laughs> sit tight. Okay. We're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll have more on this fantastic new pilot program to train asylum seekers and migrants in the culinary arts. Cuando regresemos. Welcome back to Tiempo. There is a new pilot program to train asylum seekers in the culinary arts. This program offers hands-on training and helps migrants get work permits and place them into jobs. And educating us this morning, Tanya Steele, she is the executive director of Careers Through Culinary Arts. I just love this story. Food prep and food service management. That's the focus largely. Yep, and food sanitation. And food sanitation. That's really critical. Do they learn how to actually cook meals? Exactly. And what's going to be so beautiful is because of the time that we're doing this class, yes. they're actually going to be preparing their dinner. And so we're going to draw upon the, their, the country's recipes. We love, at CCAP, we love to honor the, the heritage of all of our students. You, you beat and me to it. And how beautiful, because these asylum seekers are coming, and the one thing they can hold on to is the food of their culture. Mm -hmm. And that is the most kind of, you know, incredibly personal most you know loving thing that you could do is to um, you know use the sustenance of right. how you grew up so do you if I remember correctly in Lucy's story there was Colombia Venezuela yep. Guatemala I mean there's three different countries in Central and yeah. South America Plus Peru, already Venezuela okay yeah so do you try and prepare culturally sensitive meals that, oh, that absolutely yes they're going to be making all of those things while learning food sanitation, knife yes. skills, you know, mm -hmm. all of those types of things. Okay. So. And I'm guessing, and I know you've just started this with the migrants, but perhaps with some of the high school students, that you actually will get a few people who arrive with some skills. Miguel, okay. he has been here for a while, and he's been working in kitchens, but he hasn't been working with a work permit, So, which is one of the problems. So yes. we're able to get these people into great jobs 
with work permits, mm -hmm. so they're able to then get benefits like in health insurance. So how challenging is it though when you get Miguel who knows how to handle a knife, yep. perhaps better than you're gonna, ever gonna yep. teach him, where, and then next to him is someone who's never held a knife before. Yeah, you know, it can. it's hard. Mm -hmm. Then that's why we have a great chef instructor who's been doing this type of th okay. thing for 30 years. But you do, you kind of, you teach to each student's abilities. Okay. So, and you rely on those students who do have that kind of expertise to bring that to the fore in their classes. Because I'm guessing there are also students who will probably come to you and say, my abuela used to make it this way. Exactly, and the sopa has to be this. like this. Yeah, la sopa yeah, yeah. tiene que ser así. You know, it has <laughs> yeah. to be this way. Yeah, yeah. Do you get that and see that oh, and, and incorporate that? A hundred percent, and we love that. We love that. Yeah, that brings the passion, that brings the spice yes. to cooking, and it gets everyone excited and makes them want to do this. I know you've done this with the high school students before and not just starting with the migrants, so you haven't had any graduates from that cohort, but have you had some of the old high school students, not old, who've gone through the program and have come back to you oh. to say, here's where I am, and I am where I am because of what I learned here? Absolutely. Uh, at CCAP, we, I'm not exaggerating, somebody cries once a day yeah. at least by seeing an old student who has become an incredible success, even going mm -hmm. beyond, you know, whether they're in food or they can go into marketing or business, they can use what we have taught them right. to really use that as a, a springboard to be a success no matter what. I hope you're preparing for yourself for more of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be, I'll be bringing Kleenex be, because, to the graduation. Because these students that you have now are at a different stage in their yes. lives than, than the high school students exactly. who were 17, 18 years old, just at getting out of high school. You know, their feet are firmly planted in yep. midair. They don't yep. know what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Vicky, she was an, a lawyer. Yes. And yes. now she, you're teaching her how to do this. She'll be able to provide for her family. So Absolutely. more tears are coming. Oh, 100%. So, <laughs> Joe, you're going to come to the graduation. We'll be sobbing. We'll yes. be dapping, you know, with Kleenex. And, and I would like you, if you don't mind, come back in a year from oh, now. Oh, thanks. We'd and bring you. one of the students who's gone through the program and is at a point in their life where, where this has made an eternal difference. Oh, we'd be thrilled. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Continued thank you, thank success. You, thank you. Great, great program. To you at home, muchísimas gracias. Thank you once again for watching and spending part of your Sunday with us. I know you want to go prepare a meal right now. Go ahead, do it. I'm Joe Torres. We'll see you next time for another edition of Tiempo.